Here we go, another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody, on this Saturday morning. I'm Steve Cashel, the Chicago Bulls radio host. Joined again this week by Dr. Nick Verma. He is the head team physician for the Chicago White Sox, filling in for my usual co-host, Dr. Brian Cole. Dr. Verma is also a sports medicine specialist, orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Dr. Nick, thanks so much for sitting in again. Appreciate it. I appreciate it, Steve. It's great to be here. Well, uh, White Sox are, are doing well, and um, I want to uh, start with something that hits home for me, and I know a lot of our Little League parents, even the high school parents out there, kids are starting to throw. High school's been playing since mid-March, but we're seeing more and more Little League games. Little League is kicking up. I got kids on travel teams, and they're starting to pitch. And all of a sudden, after those first, oh, I don't know how many, couple games, maybe once they've thrown 10, 15 innings, Soreness sets in. For my boys, it's a set in. And I was trying to say, well, you know, I got to talk to Dr. Nick about that because I would imagine, and I always hear that the major leaguers have maybe a dead arm through the middle of spring training. You've been the spring training now for a number of years with the White Sox as their head team physician. Take us through that and how it relates to what we should tell and some takeaways for the Little League parents and high school parents out there. Yeah, it's a great question, Stephen. You know, what we do at the major league level is so different than what we do at the high school level. And it's such a timely topic, and I love talking about this with you because it really is an uh, endemic problem in youth sports. You know, I recently gave a a TEDx talk basically on overuse injuries, and one of the main uh, highlights of that was this problem that we're seeing with elbow injuries in in the baseball world. And it really stems back to one problem, and that is that we're seeing early single sports specialization, which means that baseball players is no, are no longer just playing in the spring and summer. They're playing all year round. So there's no such thing as coming to spring training for many of these kids because they've been throwing, you know, since fall ball ended all the way up until uh, they're ready to get outside. They're throwing hard. And throwing hard. Yeah. All the way until they're ready to get outside in March. What makes me feel more comfortable about, about your kids specifically, as we've had this conversation before, is they take time off during the winter, which is unusual these days. Many of the kids, as we talked about, are throwing through. So your kids, I feel much more comfortable that that's the routine kind of startup pain that we see even at the major league level. When you haven't been throwing much off season, you know, our guys will take basically from the end of the season in October. Hopefully we go later than October, but let's assume, assume the season ends early October. Um, they're, they're done throwing until at least after Christmas. Now they're doing conditioning work and they're, you know, doing all their aerobic stuff, et cetera, but they're not really throwing again until January. And generally they've had six bullpens or so before they get to spring training. So they've done some throwing, but not a lot. So it's not uncommon as they start to ramp up their workload that we're going to get some aches and pains. And we deal with that every, every year in spring, but it's expected, uh, in the, in the youth athlete, what I worry about is, not your kids who are having some startup pain, as we as we say, yeah. but it's the kid who's been throwing all year and now is developing elbow pain. That's a much more worrisome signal for me that this may be a bigger problem than just soreness because I'm I'm working a little harder now. How is it treated? What do you suggest then for for my kids who you know felt maybe in, they're in that spring training mode where a little bit of a dead arm? Is it just rest or are we we icing after every session then? Yeah, so I think it's a couple of things. Number one is remember that throwing is the end product of a lot of other work that goes into preparing to throw. So it's, you know, the other problem that we see in these kids is that they just want to go out and throw, but they're not doing anything for on the strength and conditioning side to make sure that their bodies are ready to do it. And as you know from watching your kids in the higher levels is when you can throw a baseball hard, most of it's not coming from your arm. It's coming from everything else 
from shoulder down. So it's all the big muscles and the core muscles. So A, it's making sure that they're prepared to throw and that they're keeping up with their uh, throwing programs in between times that they're out. Number two is making sure that we're paying attention to pitch counts and rest time uh, between games. And a great resource for that is the Major League Baseball Pitch Smart program where you can go online and look, okay, my kid is 12 years old. This is how much he should be throwing. This is his pitch limit. This is his rest time requirement. So sticking to those requirements is is, uh, number two. And number three, it's knowing when your body has done a little bit too much and it's doing all the things you said. So we ice routinely after outings and we make sure that, uh, that the soreness has resolved before they're back on the mound again. What's worse, shoulder pain or elbow pain for these kids who are throwing? And girls, too, with softball. Yeah. Um, you know, with softball, it's it's a big issue. In the softball world, I would tell you that for the pitchers, we see the shoulder problems more. Okay. But it's it's amazing how many of these youth softball players that play in the field we see with elbow injuries, even in the girls. That would have been unheard of 10 years ago to see a girl coming in with an ulnar collateral ligament problem. Really? But now because they're, you know— uh, one of the girls that I talked about in this talk that I gave, she's been playing for seven years. She plays on three teams, three positions. Mm. And that's the kind of situation that leads to a 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old kid who's having elbow reconstructive procedures. So it's really about moderation and making sure that we're being smart about uh, utilization and rest times and, uh, and not trying to, trying to throw through pain. And a good warm-up, right? A good warm-up and more, as important as the warm-up is everything you do in days in between your throwing. So it's making sure that you're keeping your motion up to, to make sure you're not losing motion in your shoulder, that you're doing your strength and conditioning work for the shoulder blade muscles and the rotator cuff muscles, all the core program that goes into developing a stable base. Um, there's so much more to throwing than just getting on the mound and throwing the ball. All right, great stuff from Dr. Nick Verma on throwing injuries and things we should be careful of. And uh, I want to switch gears right now and talk a little bit about back pain and the minimally invasive spinal surgery. And uh, Doc Verma, I'll tell you, I have um, a hockey coach come up to me not long ago and say, boy, I, I just, I played for years. I've been coaching for years and I've got serious back pain and I'm scared to have a doctor go in and cut me up and, re- you know, shave the disc or whatever they do, release the, the pressure on the nerves. So he wants to know what advances have been made recently, you know, with some, and I'm thinking minimally invasive is what comes to mind. You as well? Yeah, there's no question there's been a lot of advances in spinal surgery, and minimally invasive is probably the newest one in terms of being able to access the spine through smaller incisions with less muscle damage around along the way. But I think what's even more important um, for, for somebody like your friend is to recognize that the vast majority of people, even in the professional world who have back problems, can be treated non-operatively. And that's probably where we've made a, a ton of progress in terms of understanding these conditions, understanding which ones will respond to surgery, which ones will not, and how we can optimize a non-operative treatment. I think we'll hear hear that from Dr. Watkins in terms of him, his counseling to many of his patients that they actually don't need a spinal surgery. That's our next guest, and what a great guest. Dr. Robert Watkins is the Vice Chief of Staff at Cedars-Sinai Marina Del Rey Hospital, co-director of the Marina Spine Center. And how about this? Spine surgeon for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Los Angeles Rams, and the L.A. Clippers. you got some good teams out there, Doc. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Appreciate it. And um, let's start with this, because it's, it's you know, when Dr. Verma says we've got some advances here, I think people are opening their eyes, say, wow, I don't have to go under the, the major surgery. But tell me, uh, first of all, what is the most common cause of back pain? 
So back pain is an epidemic. You know, everybody gets it at some point in their lives. And the part of the issue is there's multiple reasons for the back pain. It can be the disc, the facet joints, the nerves, the muscles, the ligaments. People hold stress in their backs. So it's so multifactorial that it's difficult to work out what exactly is the source. But that's just what you alluded to earlier. That's exactly the issue. You've got to find out what the exact problem is in order to treat it. 80% of the time, the disc is where the biomechanical stress is occurring. So the athletes we take care of, if they throw their back out and get bad back pain, we assume they've torn one of the discs, and we want to shut them down and let it cool off so that the, it doesn't get worse. If the tear gets bigger, you can get a herniation, which can hit the nerve, go down the leg, and that, those are things that sometimes we operate on. But generally, it's the disc is the real biomechanical work, and so you want to protect the disc. And if you throw your back out and have a lot of back pain, you've probably hurt the disc, and you want to let it heal so it doesn't get worse. Dr. Watkins, thanks for being with us. This is Nick Verma. You know, one of the things that we that we see a lot at the professional level, and frankly, for all of our patients coming to the office, is the dreaded MRI scan, right? Because you get an MRI scan, and once you get to be probably, what, 15, 20 years old, you never get an MRI that says normal back. Yeah. Uh, you get tons of things written on there. It's enough to scare anyone from going to see somebody like, like you in, in the doctor's office. Talk about how you use an MRI scan and what are your thoughts about when an MRI should be ordered for a patient? Yeah, typically if somebody's not getting better after 6 to 12 weeks, we'll get an MRI just to define what the problem is, make sure they don't have some tumor. And and in athletes, we pick up stress fractures. We get bone scans, actually, to make sure they don't have a stress fracture. It gets missed a lot in athletes, especially in their adolescence. But MRIs, you're exactly right. You'll find abnormal findings on anybody's MRI, and so most doctors won't let them get an MRI on themselves because they don't want to see what it looks like. And so we certainly don't treat the MRIs, but the MRIs are, it's an amazing test, you know, to be able to see three-dimensionally inside somebody's body, see what the discs look like, see what the nerves look like, see how much pathology there is, what's potentially the source of the pain, what may be amenable to an injection, a cortisone shot to relieve the symptoms to allow the physical therapy to be more effective. But in general, back pain, you're going to treat the back pain non-operatively for six to 12 months. You know, you're going to go nonstop. And the main thing is getting the muscle strong. Get your core muscle strong to take the stress off the spine so that no matter what the MRI looks like, build up that muscle strength to take the stress off the spine to decrease the pain coming from the spine. And, you know, one of the things that we think about, obviously, uh, from a physician standpoint is the difference between back pain and leg pain, which we call yeah. radiculopathy. Can you help the, uh, the listeners understand what the difference is and how it may affect the way we manage them? Yeah, exactly. And that's the biggest distinction. The biggest thing we ask people is how much back pain do you have versus how much butt and leg pain do you have? And generally, the symptoms that go in the butt and down the leg are the nerve compression. And that's what's amenable to a surgery. And so these microscopic, minimally invasive surgeries we do, that just treats the nerve pain. So if there's pressure on the nerve, we can sneak in through a really small incision, take the pressure off the nerve, quick, easy surgery, outpatient surgery. But all we're doing is taking the pressure off the nerve. We're not fixing the underlying biomechanical issue, which is the degeneration and wear and tear of the disc and the joints. And so the surgery doesn't treat that. So the surgery may not treat the back pain. So generally what we'll do is we'll do the minimally invasive surgeries, take the pressure off the nerve, but then do the core stabilization, muscle strengthening rehab to take the pressure off the rest of the spine to treat the back pain without doing surgery for the back pain. Great stuff. Dr. Robert Watkins is our guest, Cedars-Sinai Marina Del Rey. He is the spine surgeon for the Dodgers, Rams, and Clippers, of course, all out of Los Angeles. And, Doc, where are you, where are you seeing more back pain, uh, baseball, football, or the basketball? 
Yeah, football is number one. Yeah. You know, the NFL is such a physical sport, and that's number one. Baseball is number two. All the rotation that occurs in baseball, it's a grueling sport. You know, last eight months, I don't think people really appreciate what a sport of endurance it is every night. And um, basketball is probably the least. That's more, you know, the ankles and knees. And um, golf is certainly pretty high, and, and hockey's pretty high, too. Those guys really take a beating, too, and they're hardcore athletes. I may mention one other thing. You know, the rehab program we do of this back strengthening that we treat all the athletes with, we actually have an app called Back Doctor, and it's free in the App Store. And our whole rehab program for backs and necks is in this app, and anybody can download it, have it on their phone for free, and it's the same program we treat them with. That's such great uh, information you know, for me, when I started in baseball, it was amazing to me uh, how frequently backs are a problem. And it's exactly as you said, it's the rotational problem. And then on the pitching side, it's the hyperextension issue that, that happens as they go through their pitching motion. Um, yeah. I, I think that as we see these these patients, probably the biggest thing that, that I'm sure you do in the office is help to educate them about where their pain is coming from, why it's happening, and, and uh, uh, how to help it get better. So I, we really appreciate things like the app that you created that helps patients to learn about their condition because I think for them, understanding the condition and the natural history and the things that they can do, weight loss and activity modifications and strengthening programs, those are probably in most cases more effective than a surgical option. Would you agree? Yeah, that's absolutely true. And sometimes the MRI and the CT and the studies are helpful for that because then you can show the athlete or the patient what the problem is. You can put your finger on it and say, look, this doesn't, this is not normal. So it, you're going to have to add 15 to 30 minutes to your usual routine of doing these back exercises because you're different than everybody else. If you don't have back pain, you're going to have to put in extra work of doing the rehab to take the stress off these structures. And that's hard. You know, a lot of the athletes, they've got their routine especially baseball players. They do their, their same routine. They're superstitious. They do it all the time. And you tell them, look, you're going to have to add 15 minutes of back exercise every day. They can be resistant to it. And you've got to show them why. And you've got to prove it to them. And final question for Dr. Robert Watkins, again, a spine surgeon for the Dodgers, Rams, and L.A. Clippers from Cedar sinai Marina Del Rey. Doc, uh, when should surgery be considered for back pain? Listeners want to know. Yeah, one of the one of the reasons when back when surgery for back pain does work is if you've got some instability. So sometimes the bones shift in relation to each other, a spondylolisthesis or a scoliosis where it's get where it gets crooked. So there's sometimes where biomechanically the spine is falling apart and we're able to correct it with screws and rods through still minimally invasive techniques and computer navigation where we fix this mechanical deformity. That can help back pain and that works pretty well. But if it's basically just isolated back pain structure, everything looks pretty sound, then you really almost never want to have back surgery. And that's where you want to treat it non-operatively and use our app, use all the rehab, do cardiovascular exercise, and do everything you can to avoid the surgery. Great stuff. One more from Dr. Nick. Um, Robert, is there any indication these days for the newer biologics that we're sometimes using in the shoulder and the elbow? Are you guys using any of that in the back, PRP or stem cells or other uh, interventions? Yeah, that's a great question. In fact, I'm I just did I'm doing a whole Facebook live series on interviewing doctors who are doing stem cells to get to the root of where does it really work. And as of right now, there is no Regenekine PRP stem cell biologic for spine injections today. The, and in fact, I do injections myself. I do epidurals with cortisone for if they, somebody has nerve pain in the athletes 
because we know it works and it gets rid of the inflammation as reliably and as quickly as possible, and then do the exercises to treat the rehab. All the biologic injections, you don't want to inject the disc because it just, whatever you inject in there dies pretty quickly, and you're puncturing the disc and violating it to inject it, which can be harmful. So we mainly do epidurals to decrease nerve inflammation is where the injections are most effective at this point. Great stuff. Wonderful. Dr. Robert Watkins, really appreciate you joining us and uh, laying your expertise for our listeners here on Sports Medicine Weekly. Thanks for having me. That was great. All righty. Dr. Robert Watkins, Vice Chief of Staff, Cedars Sinai Marina Del Rey, and spine surgeon for the Dodgers, Rams, and LA Clippers. When we come back, it's our Ask the Doctor segment. We'll tell you how you can get involved. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Nick Verma filling in this week for Dr. Brian Cole. It's Sports Medicine Weekly, only on 670 The Score.